Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos, my special episode that I like to call Best Friend Friday. And with me, I have my new best friend, Lorna Olson. Thank you so much for joining me, Lorna. I am talking with Lorna and in the middle of talking with her, I realized, oh no, she's Relief Society, Stake Relief Society president and all of a sudden I got really intimidated. <laughs> and I thought, wait, I don't know that I want to keep doing this. Um, Lorna, but really I wanted everyone to know a little bit about what you are doing these days. And the word coaching is um, really admirable. And so tell me a little bit about how you got into that and what your program focuses on. Well, thank you, Shuri, for having me today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Um, I love what you're doing. So good job, and thank you for having me on today. Um, So I am a life coach. I was trained in 2018, but I've been interested in it um, since three or four years before that. Um, I was trained through the life coach school, which, in my opinion, is the best school for life coaches out there. And it's taught me really how to think about how I'm thinking that can create the results that I want in my life. And it honestly, my life was really good before I started learning about life coaching, but it just opened up my level of understanding um, to a point that it just was, it just made my life so much better. And then I started using it on my own children. I have six kids and um, I taught them about life coaching. Some of them were more receptive than others, um, depending on where they were in their life, you know, and, and as I talked to them about it, they grasped it so easily. And I was just really drawn to helping the younger generation. And my husband was uh, YSA Bishop for a while, right when right when I was getting my training. He was a bishop uh, at the local college here, and he um, had a lot to do with people that wanted to serve a mission, and so I really was interested in helping um, those that wanted to serve a mission become really confident in their ability to go on a mission, to be able to handle any kind of adversity or um, trials that they might have on the mission. A lot of youth that want to serve a mission haven't had a lot of life experience, and so um, they get on a mission and they really, um, some of them really struggle emotionally to be able to handle the different situations that they're put in, especially if they're learning a new language and things like that. Um, It can be pretty discouraging sometimes, and so I created a program to be able to help missionaries get um, get all of these tools, these life coaching tools that can help them um, understand how to create um, thoughts that are motivating to keep them going um, in their goals and things like that, and also to question the ones that are slowing them down. And anyway, it's just really fun to be able to work with youth. I've worked with youth um, 
for a lot of years. That's what most of the callings in the church that I've had have been working with the young women, and and I've I've loved it. I love Relief Society as well. Um, it's I think Relief Society has helped me evolve um, into being able to understand myself better and my role in the in the gospel as a woman, as a mother, and now as a grandmother. I've got two grandbabies and one that will be born any day. So, oh my gosh! Anyway, that's a little bit about me. Being a grandma is the best. But uh, it sounds like being a coach is the best too. So you have three different uh, programs intertwined. Yes. So beginning, yes. middle of mission, so, and after mission. Yeah, I do. I at first I was just helping the missionaries prepare, and that was my focus for a while. And then I realized that even w- when they're on their mission, you know, they um, they need help. And then. I've watched my own missionaries come home from a mission and really struggle. I mean, they serve valiantly and come home and they feel a little lost for a while. And so I've created a three-tier program where they can just get the basics and practice those on their own, or they can get the basics plus mission help, which the mission help, um, we don't do any one-on-one coaching or anything during that time, but they are they are able to send me an email and I will respond to them and they can send a very specific situation like I was at this apartment and I was teaching this person and my companion was you know driving me crazy or whatever and they can write it all out and then I can basically write back a coach's response to try and help them get through the emotions of it and be able to come out of it you know better on the other side well I love that because um lots of times missionaries feel like they have to present themselves in the utmost of perfection and when they write home to parents they don't want to be disappointing they don't want the parents to begin to worry so they give the very very best light so it feels like to me when I listen to this portion of your coaching that they have the ability to write as authentically and vulnerably with with the greatest amount of vulnerability as possible because they know that Sister Olson is not going to judge me. She's going to give me the very best in care and I can move forward knowing that I have put my pain out there and that somebody has listened and responded and I haven't disappointed the mission president and I haven't gotten into an argument with my companion or I haven't disappointed my parents because all of those things through these youth, that's what goes through their mind. And here you've been able to respond with a huge amount of love and with your skill and expertise giving them the best direction that a coach can that's a wonderful component to your program yeah well and it it is something that they can tell me that you know and you know parents do hear a lot of it especially now that missionaries are are able to call Call home home. Uh the good and the bad and yet a lot of parents don't know how to help they they, they go, don't oh, know man, how to help. Too bad, you know, or whatever. Or I wish I could help, but I don't know. You know, I'm here. You're there. Just you know, suck it up. <laughs> suck know? it up, but or can, yes, yeah, yeah. And they so they don't know how to respond. But as a coach, I can help them to be able to see. You know, this might be helping you. 
um, or this may not be helping you to think about it this way. And that's basically you help them work through their thinking errors and being a third party. You have the ability to um, separate yourself from the emotional part of it that parents get intertwined with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then when they come home from their mission, um, I just do a brief four week one-on-one coaching again, just to kind of help them reevaluate. Okay. Now I'm home. What do I want to do? What do I need to be thinking to be able to, you know, do what I want to do and, and just to help them come back to living, but not feeling like they're leaving anything behind, um, that they're actually moving forward toward a brighter future, that nothing, we're not backpedaling at all. You know, a lot of missionaries, because they're all of a sudden out of the, the right, they're out really of the mission field, and they don't have the missionary companions tucked to their side all the time. They kind of feel lost, but that's actually a good thing because from there they can take all the things they did learn on their mission and really implement it for themselves exactly how Heavenly Father wants them to. And it's a step forward, not a step back. And a lot of them don't understand that. So it's so fun to be able to help them see that. And then they get excited about being home and about what is forward, what is coming. Well, so I I would love to be able to give your name out to every return missionary that I have spoken to. I have one of um, my husband's uh, players on his volleyball team. She re- returned home from her mission, and I had a conversation about these exact things. And she said it took her several months to stop hating God. Yeah. I was so stunned by that. But she explained to me that here she was so needed and she was so scheduled every single day that when she came home, it was literally like falling face first and and hitting rock bottom. She didn't know where to turn, didn't know what to do with herself. Uh, Her parents thought that they were doing her a huge favor saying, just relax, here are the 10 movies that you missed while while you were gone. And she oh, said yeah. she hated it. And yeah. um, and then especially she came home during the pandemic and she said, I couldn't even go to my grandparents' home because they were worried about getting sick. And she said, I was literally watching minutes tick by until my parents got home from work. And it was so awkward. Yeah. I didn't know how to relate to them anymore. And I loved my mission so much and yet all of a sudden I hated it and I hated my experience and I hated God because I worked so hard to just be like okay thanks see you later and she was completely on her own and she was really wrestling in a faith crisis and she she uh, was able to talk to me about it on the other side of it now she's she has since gotten herself into school and gotten a job and got busy with with um, other sister companions that came home and and so things do begin to sort themselves out but wow wouldn't she have benefited from your program that would have been yeah you can share as much as you want and I'm trying to get um more out there on you know Facebook and things like that I haven't been a real social media person 
but I'm doing better and so you know hopefully I can I can get it out there a little bit because I know it is such a I think it was actually harder for my kids to come home and the transition to coming home than it was for them to leave um, because I just I watched I watched that and then so that's when I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna somehow help I need to be able to help them to to understand you know what now what do I do now and yes. help, help it look good to them instead of just feel like it's you know two steps backwards and I feel like everybody wants to be the old me but I'm nothing like the old me I mean yes I, I hear that a lot when they move back home parents haven't seen all the things that they've been doing for the last year and a half or two years and and so it's um it seems to me to like to help them. it would be very helpful, me also having two return missionaries, to have a coaching session for the parents prior to mm-hmm. their children coming home. Kate, <laughs> don't think that they have to be caught up on movies. Don't think you're doing them a favor by yeah. doing their laundry and just put your feet up. No, they want to come home and they want to do yard work. They want to help with deep cleaning they they need to be put to work in a very fast way so that they continually feel needed until they can kind of come down out of the mission high a little bit instead of just hitting the cement floor face first mm-hmm. going from yeah. so scheduled to That's nothing That's a great idea. I've actually coached quite a few moms um but more on the front end than the back end. I haven't done very many on the back end. Actually, I haven't done any on the back end yet because I'm still just sending them out and they're still yes. out on their missions right now but um but that is my hope is that I can start helping them on the back end when they come home and to help parents understand things that are helpful for them as well that would be a very powerful lesson so I'm and, glad and, you brought that up. and especially that that yeah the mission presidents say now go home and get married I hear that a lot but don't don't have that be your primary focus when you get home because you want to make sure that that yeah you want to fulfill the mission president's request but on the same token you want to do what is right and for yeah, you yeah. that you are going to school for you that you are going into your chosen profession for you or not go to school you want to come home and get right into a job or maybe you do meet someone right away that's great maybe you don't that's okay uh-huh that you will live life and as long as you do it according to how you feel the whisperings of the spirit then Mm -hmm. you are doing it right right don't don't feel discouraged if things aren't going the way that you had hoped but you know this reminds me of the conference talk god will do something unimaginable by Elder Uchtdorf in last uh, conference, and it's October 2020. Yeah, he he talks about these things exactly that that the adversity that we experience in our lives, our Father in Heaven uses them to bring about His purposes. And so, when we are in the throes of agony, you know, coming home from a mission, or in the middle of your mission, or scared to head out on a mission. All of those moments are for our teaching and they're actually to help bring forth his purposes. And I love that. I really love that. So there's a section of that talk that 
that is um, talks about being seeds. Yes. And how sometimes when we are a seed, so say a, a missionary comes home from his mission, he's served faithfully for two years, he gets dropped back into his life pre-mission, and it feels awkward, it feels like he shouldn't be there, he misses his mission, he misses the purpose that he had. In that moment, he is, again, a seed. And just like, you know, it talks about the temple being, the foundation of the Salt Lake Temple had to be covered, and then they re-excavated Yes, it, and they unearthed they it. That, yeah, that they needed to replace the stones. And then just like that, in this talk, it talks about us being a seed. Again, sometimes we need to be completely covered, completely redone for us to be able to grow the way Heavenly Father wants us to. For, and I love that. For them to have unearthed that and to, to find all of the cracks in the foundation. And I think that's what happens to each of us is that when we are buried in trial we do cave under that pressure. And if we do look to God, he can help repair those. And we are even stronger going forward. And just as we can look to our beautiful Salt Lake Temple, how it has been able to withstand hundreds of years now. Um, And that's because it went through its own trials in its foundation. And in, yeah. in, in the conference talk, he says, it is my witness that at times we may feel buried by the trials of life or surrounded by emotional darkness, such as when you come home from a mission. And how about those that come home early from a mission? They feel like complete failures. For some reason, that, that was your mission. Yeah. Your week out, that was you your know. mission. Your six months out, that was your mission. But mm-hmm. you served and there's no reason to feel surrounded by that darkness, the love of God and the blessings of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ will bring something unimaginable to spring forth. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I haven't had as many of those, but I do know other coaches that focus just on missionaries that come home early. So, um, I know that they're out there. There, there and is I, definitely you know, a need I would for love that. to coach them as well. In fact, I think they're, um, I, I saw a Facebook post the other day that I thought, hmm, is she home early? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and I might have one already that I'm going to go sniff out and see if, see if she needs any help because she it really is. may be buried and feeling like she doesn't want anybody yeah. to know right now. So yeah. she may need you more than anybody else right now, Lorna. Well, and it really is, you know, we are hard on ourselves so much. And this talk that you were talking about really does help us to see that every single thing that we go through adds to our learning, adds to our growth. And if we see it that way, then it's so much easier to trust in Heavenly Father's plan. Well, it he, might he not does. Look like we think it's supposed to look. And, and you and you but, do feel like he has abandoned me, and he even he even talks about Joseph Smith and Liberty Jail, and he says, you know, I know you're in you're in jail right now, but these are all things for your experience, and I could, if it was me, I'd be like, um, okay, I am done. Get me out of here. 
and I'm going to go climb a hill and camp out under a tree and I'm not going to talk or see anybody for the rest of my life. I am good. I am done leading this church. He talks about Joseph who was, who was sold into slavery and abandoned by his own family and yet he saved generations. You know, he he did he did have these people have to go through these things in order for him to bring about his purposes but when we are in the midst of them yeah. when we are in the midst of them how easy do it is it that we do feel abandoned and that's that's not at all heavenly father's goal he he even says first the righteous are not given a free pass that allows them to avoid the valleys of shadow we must walk through difficult times for it is through the times of adversity that we learn principles that fortify our characters and cause us to draw closer to god and then second our heavenly father knows that we suffer and because we are all his children he will not I love this part. He will not abandon us. So even as we are despairing, we need to think, okay, step back, take a breath and trust and trust. And so what is, what is a time that, that maybe you've spoken to a missionary who has written to you in, in despair? Like, do you have an example of when you had no words except he has not abandoned you, just trust. You know, I do teach them before they even go out a lot about what faith is and how it really is tied to not knowing every answer to every question you have, but knowing that Heavenly Father knows yes. everything that's going to happen, everything that that you'll be put through. Um, as missionaries have had to rethink almost everything that they do because they've had to deal with pandemic times. Yes. Um, it's been hard for them, and a lot of them have really struggled. But coming, you know, now we've been through a, almost a year of this pandemic. Um, it's it's coming to life. We're seeing the church roll forth. The good fruits. Yes. Yeah, of what is happening and and how exciting it is and how they're able to do more teaching and their scope is broader their people um, are coming to them yeah yep the people are coming to them elder Uchtdorf even of, even says that um mm-hmm. he says god will watch over and shepherd you during these times of uncertainty and fear during this pandemic, even me, my natural man way of thinking is, oh my goodness, okay, we have fasted globally twice. Why didn't this zip up and um, finish up and move forward? You know, within the next week, I was honestly expecting that. But as I've read this talk and what Elder Uchtdorf shared with us is that we have been able to learn new ways of ministering. We've been able to learn new ways of missionary work. And we have actually drawn closer together and rallied forth together. Uh-huh. And he says, however, the pandemic is revealing new, more creative ways of reaching out to the honest in heart. The work of gathering Israel is increasing in power and enthusiasm. 
And he talks about how one sister says to the missionaries, where have you been? I have been waiting for you. Yeah. And that is every missionary's dream is to have someone say, where have you been? Yeah. I found you on the internet. I, I know this church is true and I have been waiting for it. People are hungry for it. It is the Lord's work. And so instead of trying to go back to before, you know, Heavenly Father's asking us to move forward, to use what we're learning during this time and keep moving forward. And, um, you know, what is in the future is amazing. Yes, amazing. I have been just thinking about it. I've been reading in, in Ether um, just the last few days, and it's been on my mind, so I'll share it with you. Um, at the first part of Ether, I think it's chapter 4, where he is talking about um, the things that Ether, or the brother of Jared, saw, and that it wasn't able to be put in the record of the Book of Mormon because we needed to have you know, we needed to have faith. And then after he says that we will receive that portion, the sealed portion, after we have been sanctified through Jesus Christ. And I was like, wow, so we won't get that until until <laughs> we have the second time. But that um, that's when the Nephites got it the first time. When after the Savior came to the Nephites, then the record of the brother of Jared was opened up to them because the people had been sanctified and purified and they became a a Zion people, a one people. And then they were able to take that, um, all of that knowledge that the brother of Jared had written down and use it. And then it was taken away again when they got wicked again. And so I look forward to it. I mean, it, it actually made me really excited to know that, Someday we're going to have that. Someday we're going to have that kind of a, a society again. And we're going to have to go through some hard things to get there. But how he, unimaginable yes. it can be in a good way for us to be able to look forward to that. And to become the righteous people that we need to be so that that can come about. And Elder Uchtdorf even says that exact thing, Lorna. He says... Now, hold on just one second. That doesn't mean we're not going to experience some turbulence and Uh things may get worse before they get better. And ooh, that takes my breath away a little bit when I'm like, oh, (laughs) do we have to go through more? Possibly. But just think about what that looks like on the other side and the things that we can say. We can can wear those I survived 2020 t-shirts with pride, you know. (laughs) We got through it. Um, But how much stronger will our foundation be because we have been repaired and prepared and he even says that we need to dig a little bit deeper on the personal side of our spirituality and what does that look like more uh, more um purpose in prayer scripture study maybe maybe more people will need to start a podcast so they can practice mindfulness that was my purpose (laughs) so I can really really practice what I am reading and sharing and 
living that to a greater degree. And so I love that for you, your greater spiritual seeking has been serving these elders and sisters and their families so that they can overcome these deepening trials, if you will, um, that they can come home and carry on successfully and look to their mission with love and appreciation rather than resentment as my friend, my friend experienced. And I, I share that because she really is a success story, but I think there are still a lot of those who return home and they just feel like they are no longer needed and Mm -hmm. they feel like their worth has diminished and that's not the case and it's where dnc 12317 steps in and we need to sit back cheerfully and sometimes that's the hardest commandment to follow Mm -hmm. to sit back cheerfully and wait for the lord's arm to be revealed what is the next thing for me to do now that I have finished my mission? Or what is the next thing for me to do while I am serving my mission and I am struggling? I'm going to reach out to Sister Olson and see what she suggests. You know, <laughs> what is what is my fear for serving a mission? Well, I'm going to seek out Sister Olson's coaching and, and hear her encouragement. I just think what you are doing is helping others, but I'm sure you have benefited immensely in your own spiritual growth I have I have this coaching is is something that I practice every day and it has helped me so much um, one of the things that that I have recently learned um, our area is in a pretty severe drought my brother-in-law has a well um, that he uses for his home and in drought times it goes dry every year so he's actually he you know I think about him my tap still turns on every summer but he struggles with it and so um and it's just our groundwater is is has been depleted Depleted. we don't have as Mm -hmm. much as, as we wanted and so you know we're praying for moisture we fasted as a stake for moisture and we actually fasted in conjunction with other stakes in the area for moisture to come and and I realized in my pondering about my fast and and continuing um, to fast for moisture my husband and I are farmers and we rely on the moisture that comes to our mountains and valleys um, when it's not there we can't water our crops and so you know in a, in a very real way it 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 affects us and yet I feel like we are still so blessed but what what I learned recently is when Heavenly Father um, when we go to Heavenly Father to ask for these things to ask for moisture and, and we plead with him that is the point of him not giving us the moisture in the first place the reason why he withholds it ever is, is to have a need he needs us mm-hmm. to need him and i have never thought I'm of it that think, way yeah because I'm how how do we build a relationship we, with our father in heaven if we are not needing yeah he wants us to need him 
and he wants us to turn to him. And so that's why we get one out of 10 years being a normal year and the rest of them are not normal because during those not normal (laughs) water precipitation years, we are going to him. We are pleading with him. We are begging him. We are looking at our own sacrifice and saying, what can we give? What do you need us to give so that we're worthy of this blessing? And, you know, in all of that, it brings us to our Heavenly Father. And and I love that He wants that for us, probably more than we understand, and how He's just waiting for us to reach out to Him so that He can bless us. And that when we do, He will bless us. So, And in the meantime, um, during all of the struggle and strife that you go to, go through, you have mm-hmm. to submit yourself cheerfully. Yes. Yeah. And is and that... be okay with it. And it, you might not have water and you know that you're dealing with that, but you have to deal with that without grumbling and murmuring. You have to find a mm-hmm. way to be peaceful about it and be yeah. more creative with what you have. And Heavenly Father can make a crop grow without water (laughs) you've seen that happen too you've seen those miracles that that to me is a miracle yeah that is amazing that that is seriously sitting back and watching the arm of the lord be revealed in those moments Uh so how how is it that you have the ability to be a farmer and then to coach these sisters and elders. You are pretty amazing, Lorna, and I am so grateful that I get to have a few minutes of your day to talk to you about these, these sacred things. There's, there's, there was a tugging on your heart as to why you needed to do this. And that's something I definitely understand about why I continue on in my podcast. And Mm -hmm no matter how busy I am with my six kids too. I also have six and then I'm in grad school and I work and then (laughs) I, I think, Oh, I can't keep going forward with this. I'm too busy, but there's something that pulls me along and what an example you are to me that you take a Monday out of your week. I'm sure every minute of your day is jam packed with all that you have going on, but you sit down and you read these emails from, these needing missionaries and you reach out to them and I know that Heavenly Father (laughs) inspires you Mondays are like some of the best days ever now because I get to hear from the missionaries that I've coached and and grown to love and and it's it's a blessing it's a huge blessing in my life and I I'm grateful that Heavenly Father has led me to this path and I really feel like I'm helping him do his work and he's helping me become who I need to be. You know what? When we serve him, he helps us serve him. Uh So Lorna, how, how is it that if someone who is listening to this right now, how can they find you to get in touch and, and, um, seek out your services? Um, if they're interested, um, I, I have a website. It's Lorna Olson. Com, and that's Olson with an O-N. And they can get on there and um, they can reach out to me there or 
Um, I also have an email that's Lorna at LornaOlson.com and they can just send me a quick email and let me know that they're interested. I have gotten a, most of my interest through Facebook ads, but if you haven't seen a Facebook ad or you're not on Facebook, that's, you know, this is another way to be able to find me. So I would love to coach any moms or youth that are interested in doing any of that. Well, you definitely have a service that is very much needed. And so I am so grateful for this opportunity to have been able to learn a little bit more about it. And I hope that anybody who's listening, if there is something here that has been helpful to you to reach out to Lorna or to share her contact information so that we can help these sweet missionaries continue forth and come home in peace and be be emboldened to that that they can go out and serve but that they have a sweet sister on a listening end of an email that will encourage them and strengthen them so Lorna thank you so much for joining me me. this has been such a delightful conversation and thank you to all who are listening And again, should you find something here that was especially illuminating for you and you feel like this information will bring someone else closer to our Savior and to our Father in Heaven, please, please share it. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coach and Chaos. I am Shari Reynolds with Lorna Olson, and we will see you next time.